We're so excited to share this teaching message with you from Sikamot Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We believe God knows you and loves you, and through His Word, He expresses His plans and purposes for your life. We hope that you open up your heart and really sense God speak to you through this message from our pastor, Tolulokwe Mudi. Let's get right into the service and be blessed by this message. It's, it's, it's Media Focus Sunday, and um, I have a word to share with you that I hope would encourage you. Um, whoever you are, um, whatever life is like for you. But I want us to just pray and let's ask God to speak to us. If it's fine, would you hold up your hands with as an act of faith this morning? God, we come longing and seeking because you're a God who calls us to yourself. Um, you don't just gather us, but Lord, you bring us to yourself because you're doing something in us. And I pray this morning, Lord, you would prosper your word in this house. Let it be so simple that we would understand. Let it be so profound that it will make a mark in our lives forever. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Help me thank the team and get seated this morning. I want to speak to you this morning, something that I hope would encourage you. And I'm going to call my, my message this morning real simple. Climb sides and blind sides. Climb, climb sides and, and blind sides. I wonder if you've ever been on, you know, maybe being in an argument like you were really arguing and, and all of that and as you were arguing arguing and the further i went and you were hearing you know you didn't you started out not hearing just saying your, your own point but the further i went you kind of found out that i think i'm wrong i think i'm on the wrong side like this guy's making sense but but the problem is how to admit that i'm wrong ever happened to you like you know you are nobody come on oh you never found out that you are wrong that's what you know and, and the problem is how to admit that you're wrong so you know say, hey, that it depends on how you look at it there is a side to it you know and all of, but it's kind of different when you know you're actually right like um, we're arguing i know i'm right like i know i am right but you are just not seeing what i'm saying you're just not hearing um what i'm saying and and you know well maybe really if you think about it you always think you're right actually maybe you always usually think you're right but but there's just that painful part about being on the right side but um, you know, I wonder how you respond to that. Maybe you just beat the person up, like basically, like like how oh, you know, just beat him, or maybe you're the kind of person that as you're arguing, you're like, I'm, I'm sure what the, <laughs> you know, just, just cried off and all of that, right? Uh, that happens, yeah. Um, but, but what is it like being on the right side? And it doesn't seem to be right. One of my friends would say to me that the problem is, I know I'm not right on everything. I know I am not right. I know I'm not God. I'm not perfect. But the problem is, I don't know which ones I'm wrong on. That's the problem. So every time I'm saying something, I feel it's right. <laughs> but I just don't know which ones are the wrong ones, you know. But what is it like to be on the right side and it starts to not feel like it's right? Um, what do you do when you feel like this is right? I know this is right, but it doesn't feel like it's right. So, so today I want to preach out of a story that you know in Genesis 22 about Abraham, the father of faith, and Isaac. And I'll just run into the story from verse 1 of Genesis 22. The Bible says that after these things, God tested Abraham. Somebody say tested. And God said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And then verse 2, God tells him to take his son, the one he loves, and offer him on the mountain Moriah. And in verse 3, Abraham rose early in the morning and, you know, went to do that. Verse 4, on the third day, the Bible says, Abraham lifted his eyes. Somebody say lifted his eyes. And he saw the place afar off. And Abraham told his guys to stay back. And in verse 6, they walk, they walk on with Isaac. And in verse 7, the Bible says, Isaac spoke to his father, to Abraham, his father. And he said, my father. And he said, here I am, son. And he said, look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? 
And, you know, this is Abraham on a journey that God sent you, on a journey obeying, on a journey of obedience. This is Abraham walking up a mountain because God told him to do it. This is the right thing to do. Do we still believe that it's right to obey God? Anybody? Yeah, this is Abraham doing what's right. But in the middle of that journey, the Bible says Abraham is facing questions. Isaac is asking, where is the lamb? And the truth is Abraham doesn't have the answers. The truth is Abraham is in a journey of, this is the right thing. I'm, I'm on the right. But I can't explain um, I'm facing questions. What am I going to do? It doesn't add up. Have you ever been in that kind of space where it's like, I'm, I know I'm doing what's right, but it doesn't add up. It's not coming together. That kind of a space. And you know the end of the story in verse 13, how the Bible says that Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And in verse 14, excuse me, in verse 14, Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mouth of the Lord, it shall be provided. Now it's mid-year and I don't know what the year has been like for you really. But the truth is many times that middle space is the space where we are trying to hold the story together. You know, it starts out many times with the huge faith and expectation and promise and hope. And, you know, you start out with the excitement and all of that. But many times, and, and I know at the end, many times the end comes with the joy of finishing, the joy of seeing it through. But many times the middle is that space where you are trying to hold it together. Um, and, and I think about that in many ways, starting out a year that, you know, you start out a year with a word, with a promise and all of that, with, 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 with a direction of what you want to do and your plans and all of that. And many times when you come to the end of it, it's beautiful at the end when things come together. But dealing with the middle, like Abraham was in our story, dealing with the middle many times is the space where we're facing questions. And I think you can think about that concept or that principle in many ways about beginnings and ends and the middles. You can think about it in a journey, for example, of pregnancy, if you've ever been there. In a journey of pregnancy, the beginning comes with, you know, like, like babe, 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 I think I'm pregnant. Like, wow, yeah, like, I can't believe it. You know, all of that. Well, like, I, I'll say in terms of guys, I say, there are two types. There's, babe, I think I'm pregnant. Wow. There's, babe, I think I'm pregnant. For who? You know, there, there, there are two types. I'm talking about the wow. Like, yeah, we are going to have a and there's the end of the journey that comes with all the, you know, excitement of, yeah, you know, he looks like, you know, he looks like, you know, no, 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 look at my eyes, like, he has my nose, he has my nose, you know, and that's all fine. But the truth is, somewhere in the middle of that is a 2 a.m., what exactly is happening to you? You don't know what you want to, so how am I going to know? You know, one of my guys texted me recently and you know, in the middle of all of that. You didn't tell me it was going to be like this. You know, you, you didn't warn me. You didn't, you didn't explain it where it's you that impregnated her. You know. uh, maybe, maybe for you, it's even an academic journey. You know, starting out school and all of that. When you were matriculated, the party you threw, you brought all your relatives, your future in-laws, masquerades from your village came to dance. Matric, I, I mean, university. Like, it was a big deal. And yeah, that's beautiful. And convocation comes and, you know, when you get to, to, to convoke. And, you know, that's beautiful. Like, it's, it's a big deal. Like, now you... Uh, uh, but somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle sounds like, you know, a lecturer that has so frustrated you that you're asking that, okay, actually, when people weed, what, how do their brain, what... Somewhere in the middle. 
Somewhere in the middle of any journey is the space where you are holding it together. It starts out exciting. It starts out with the promise. Maybe you can even remember in primary school, on the first day of school, when you would have, you know, uh, no, secondary school, you would have, you, you, you open a new book, you leave the first page blank, and when you are starting, you have red barrel, blue barrel, and black barrel. Red barrel to write the dates, blue barrel as they give you the topic. No, uh, you know what I'm talking about. But somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> And I think, I think in our story today, Abraham, Abraham was in one of those kind of spaces. Abraham was in one of those kind of spaces of, you know, I started out, I started out obeying God. That's the right thing to do. I'm traveling a journey. I'm obeying God. I'm taking up my son. I'm obeying God. I'm starting out with the hope and with the faith. I know God spoke to me. And Sarah was saying, where are you going? I know God spoke to me. And I know God spoke to me. I'm walking in obedience. That's the right thing to do. And I know somewhere at the end is the joy of seeing the provision and, you know, offering up the sacrifice and all of that. It's beautiful. But in the middle, we meet Abraham facing questions. And I'm thinking about that many times, even like, even like in the middle of the year for us, that maybe for you right now, you're just in that part of the year where it gets tiring. Like, like I just don't even know what's happening again. I started out with, with, with hopes and with expectations, but I'm somewhere in the middle there. And as I walk this Abraham story this morning, and what was it like for Abraham and Isaac and all the awkwardness that they probably even had to deal with? We, we read in the Bible about the walk up the mountain. I don't know about the walk back down the mountain. You know, bro, just say Isaac show forward. You know, like, like I don't know what happened with them. But, but, but theologians actually believe that Isaac was like 17 years old, and so I don't even think it was just like, like one boy that Abraham just carried a baby and went to go and you know time, and he couldn't do anything. Isaac was on the walk with Abraham, like they were going together. Like, like, and you're wondering why is Isaac following him? I think Isaac was that child that grew up, you know, really just spoiled. Like, 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 like I waited this long to have you. You are the child of promise. Like I know what you mean to me, and Abraham had money like Abraham was was mad rich you get like Abraham was very rich. so I think Isaac was that child that you know Abraham is just always throwing surprises on you know that, that before they even know what's happening I, Abraham has sneaked out Isaac's passport he has already gone to get like like some visas Isaac doesn't even know about it and he just takes Isaac when he's sleeping puts him in the car and drives him and they're already in the airport and he's like dad where are we going and Abraham says, I'm a surprise for you I think it was that kind of child. Abraham said, let's take a walk and it can be anything. They start walking out and, and, and Isaac is saying, dad, let's go home. It's getting late. Abraham says, let's just go. Just follow me. Let's go. And he's just saying, how have you been? High school. What's going on? You know, and all of that. And, and they're just talking and they just get so and Abraham says, close your eyes. <sighs> okay, dad. And Isaac closes his eyes and then Abraham just leads him by the hand and makes a turn and all of that. And he just says, open your eyes, Tana. And Isaac just looks and he sees a brand new camel. And Isaac is like, Dad, who, who is that for? And everyone says, it's your son. I got you a brand new camel. Isaac is like, oh, God of Pops. Sorry, God of Abraham. You know? <laughs> I think Isaac was that kind of child that dad has just... And so here they are walking up a mountain and Isaac is going like, Dad, where are we going? Abraham says, we're going to sacrifice. And, and Isaac is like, you're playing a trick. And Isaac is like, okay, Dad, I, I can see the fire. I can see the wood. Where's the lamp? I really think that question was like, you know, this boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm thinking he's going to propose and all of that. And so um, my birthday is tomorrow. So I'm thinking he's probably going to do it tomorrow. Like it makes sense for him to do it tomorrow but he hasn't said anything about tomorrow so i'm thinking maybe there's a plan and all so you now come and you say something like ah what's your day like tomorrow <laughs> not so much for the day but you're looking for that prompt you know like ah okay yeah can we have dinner you're like okay <laughs> so isaac is, is in that thing of that is out to something isaac is like that that, that that where is the love everyone says that the lord will provide <laughs> okay. 
but they get to the point where okay lie down on the altar <laughs> raise up a knife <laughs> um thankfully um thankfully God provided. But, but the truth is, when Abraham is himself facing those questions, walking the journey, he himself did not know. He didn't know. He was basically traveling a journey and this is what I want to preach about today, what I call the climb side of the mountain. Because I think in some way, we all relate to it. The climb side is that place where I'm putting one step in front of the other, walking the right journey I know to walk, doing the things I know I should be doing, you know. But, but I'm facing questions. I can't explain it all. It doesn't all add up. I'm, I'm in the middle of the year, showing up again, showing up again. But it's at that place where it even starts to get tiring in the sequences. It's what I call the climb side. If following Jesus is like a mountain climbing adventure, the truth is we're going to find that there's going to be a climb side. I know there is a blind side of this mountain. The blind side is where the ram, you know, gets caught in the horns and where there's the provision and we see it and all of that. But the truth is, as Abraham is walking the climb side, that place is blind to him. It's a blind side many times and you're in a journey of following Jesus and there are things that are in a blind side. I know God is good, but I can't yet see it. And I know this is going to work, but I can't yet see it. I know God is faithful and I know I have a promise, but I can't yet see and the truth is your journey of following Jesus is going to bring not just climb sides not just blind sides but climb sides climb sides where you literally are putting one step in front of the other doing what you know to be right but it doesn't seem right and as I think about this what it was like for Abraham walking up that journey what it was like taking one more step and traveling and the father of faith doing all of this I think it's going to encourage us today because maybe in some way you look at the story of this year and I don't know where you are quite honestly. Maybe things are even going really well according to plan faster than you even thought but the truth is there's always going to be a blind side. There's always going to be something in the details that I'm not seeing right here and now. And I know there is a blind side. I know God is faithful. I know there is a provision. I know this is what you need to see that as Abraham was actually doing the climb side, God was doing the blind side. As Abraham was just following and being obedient and taking one step, the truth is God was orchestrating something on the other side. The truth is there was a ram somewhere that God had his eyes on. God was making sure the horns were the right length and the right thickness that when he hooks that push, it won't get loose. God was strengthening the horns and the ram was eating the were chasing away. God was saying, it's more, it's more. You need those strong horns because I know what I'm doing. God was always orchestrating that and the bush was growing and getting thicker and thicker and somebody just went to go and be there. God said, yeah, be more because we need the bush to grow. Amen. And somewhere as Abraham climbed, 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 he came to the blind side. But this is the point. On your own climb side, many times you are not seeing the blind side, but God is doing the blind side. God is faithfully doing the blind side. And today what I want to do is that I want to give your climb side some perspective of the blind side. I want to give people on a climb side, people doing this year, doing their processes, doing sequences. I want to give your climb side some perspective of the blind side. The truth is many times when we're on the climb side, we just don't see the blind side. The blind side of the mountain is the provision is already made. It's already done. It's already locked down. There's all of that already going on. The climb side of your life, maybe for you, it's even not even just a timeline. Maybe it's even an area of your life. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's your health. Maybe it's having questions that you don't have answers to. Maybe it's, it's something happening in your career. Maybe it's something happening with school or with your business or, you know, what you do and all of that. Maybe it's an area. Maybe it's something happening with one of your kids or, or something. Maybe it's just an area of your life and it's like a climb side. Like, I'm doing what I know is right, but I can't yet see it come together. What's happening? 
And I don't have the joys and the excitement and those goosebumps of when I started out and I'm just somewhere in the middle. If you think about it and on the whole, even in our Christian journey, the truth is our Christian journey as a whole big picture is always going to even have a climb side and a blind side. In some way, think about everything that we're doing in this earth and walking this journey of earth and having a hope of eternity that is not yet here with us. Think about that. It's a climb side and a blind side that you're holding on to values and integrity and you're saying, I don't do that because I follow Jesus and I'm living right and holding my standards. And sometimes doing all of that is like a climb side. It's like showing up one more time and putting a front foot with my faith and this is how I live. I walk by faith and not by sight. I honor God. I put God first and you're doing all those things and the truth is on that journey, there is a blind side to it. There's, there's, there's me climbing and there's an eternal hope and all of that but, but I'm traveling on an earthly terrain right now. And listen, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 9, the Bible says, listen, you know the truth, we know in part and we prophesy in part. That there would always be, that's what it means to be a Christian, that there are parts of your life where, you know, we don't see, we don't know. There are things you know, but there are things you don't know. And today I just want to say to everybody that a journey of faith, in a journey of faith and of following Jesus, we must be comfortable with the concept of there's a blind side to this journey. We must be comfortable in the spaces of we don't know everything that we need to know, that we want to know. We must be comfortable in that sense of we're walking a climb side. If the father of faith, Abraham, did, then I think it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not an oxymoron to say I'm in faith and I don't know. That there are things we don't know. For everything you have figured out, the truth is there are things you don't have figured out. For every answer you already have, the truth is there are questions you still have. And we're either going to die worrying and all of that. And listen, the truth is a climb side is always trying to invite us to, to a sense of, you know, can you hear the question to start to live in fear, to start to live in the pressure of the questions we're facing. A climb side, I believe, is always trying to enslave us to the immediate, to what we're going through, to what's happening now. A climb side is always coming at us with that sense of, I feel like enslavement. It's like trying to get our minds and we start to fear. We just heard that question. Do you know how hearing a question makes you just feel overwhelmed and tired and nobody had asked you, but... But here you are, you left school two years ago and all of that. You're trying to figure things out and you're on like a climb side of life right now. And you know, you're taking one step and you are really feeling good about things. And then you just met somebody and the person just asked you, what are you doing now? You just feel tired. But being on a climb side sometimes, just the questions you heard. When Abraham just hears Isaac saying, where is the lamb? You know, you just feel tired. The climb side can be tiring. We get tired not just by exerting energy. I feel sometimes we get tired by just what we heard. By what they asked us. <laughs> by a question we faced. You went for an interview, all pumped up. You put on your tie and suit and all of that. And they just asked you a question. And you just feel tired. Tired. Tired in destiny. <laughs> climb side. But what I want to do this morning is I want to try and, as we are doing the climb side, I want to try and unveil the blind side. I want to in some way maybe just be speaking into that space of the blind side. Because listen to me, friends, being a follower of Jesus is not just a call to be on a climb side and this is where we are forever and we're just putting one step in front of the other. I believe that being a follower of Jesus is an invitation to know that even as we do a climb side, there is a blind side to this journey. In Genesis 22 and verse 4, I love the wordings. The Bible says, Abraham lifted up his eyes. Abraham lifted up his eyes. I want you to see what's happening here is that Abraham is walking on a climb side, doing his 
faithfulness, doing one more step, pushing on in that direction of obeying God. And the Bible says, Abraham lifted up his eyes. Abraham lifted up his eyes. The climb side is always trying to tell you to get engaged and, you know, just keep your eyes in the moments of what's going on with you and what you're doing and the questions you're facing. But the Bible says, Abraham lifted up his eyes. My question this morning, when last did you lift up your eyes? Walking this climb side, when last did you lift up your eyes? When last did you look beyond the immediate? When last did you look and get a fresh a fresh view of what's going on with your life? When last did you lift up your eyes? There are three things that I want to emphasize this morning about lifting up our eyes, about being in the middle moments and lifting up our eyes, being in the middle of all that's going on and lifting up our eyes, walking through a process and lifting up your eyes, following Jesus and lifting up your eyes, holding your values and lifting up your eyes. Three things that I want to say this morning. Number one is that we need a renewed perspective. We need a renewed perspective. We can't afford to live our lives just going through the moments and being on a climb side and all we are seeing is the one more step we're taking. All we are seeing is the one more time we're standing. All we are seeing is the one more effort. One more, one more. I just want to say this morning, we need a renewed perspective. This thing that we're invited to is not just a moment. It's a journey that God came to Abraham and set a course of a journey. We need a renewed perspective that, you know what? God invited us to a journey, not just a moment. We can't just be defining what's going on by the moment that surrounds us. We need a renewed perspective that looks at this thing and the big picture and lifting up of my eyes. I know this is where I am today. I know these are the questions I'm facing today, but I need a lifting up of my eyes. I need a renewed perspective about the character of the God that invited me to a journey. Listen, God's character is consistent. Even when you're walking through sequences, even when you're going through moments, you can't explain. God's character is consistent. God doesn't step in and out of character based on the seasons of life. God's character is consistent. You need a new perspective of the character of God. And listen, God is loving. It doesn't matter how hateful the world is. God is good. God is faithful. I need to be lifting up my eyes and getting a fresh perspective about who God is. Listen, God is for you. God is not against you. Maybe walking on a climb side. You're not trudging on a climb side to convince God to be for you. No. God is for you, not against you. I know it's a climb side, but listen, God is for you. I know you can't explain, but God is for you. I know it's the middle of a law you're trying to hold together, but God is for you, not against you. You need a renewed perspective about a God who is faithful and not unfaithful. God's character is consistent. With God, the process that I walk does not change the promise that I hold. I need a renewed perspective of what process is going on in my life. It might be a painful part of the process. But the process I walk does not change the promise I hold. The promise that God made to you when you started Abraham. And he came to you and said, I will make you the father of many nations. The process you walk does not change the promise you hold. He said, you'll be a father of many nations. And the process you're walking is you killing your only child. The process you walk does not change the promise you hold. With God and his consistent character, the process you walk does not change the promise you hold. God is still faithful to the promise he made, Abraham. I know it's in the middle moment. And I know you're on a climb side. And I know you can't even explain. And I know you're just showing up in faithfulness but listen you need a renewed perspective you need a lifting up of the eyes to say who is God to me who is God in all of this I need that perspective again and I just want to say the only way we're not going to get enslaved to the middle moment the only way we're not going to become victims of fear and make poor decisions and back out on processes is when we have a renewed perspective of who God is to us we need to be able to lift our eyes again and set it on the Lord in the middle of all that I'm walking through I love how the Bible says Abraham lifted up his eyes friends 
friends I encourage you don't let the world swamp you in don't let the pressures of life swamp you in don't let what you're going through swamp you in swamp you in now your eyes are down all you're doing is looking at the next step that you want to take all you're doing is just trying to figure out where you are now you need a renewed perspective you need a renewed perspective you need a lifting up of your eyes listen to me everybody it's number two a renewed perspective is going to give you renewed strength a renewed perspective is going to give you renewed strength the truth is this journey gets tiring the truth is this journey gets you know at some point it just becomes wearisome it just becomes overwhelming holding this story together being in the middle i know there's a strength that comes from starting and just the joy and the hope and all of that and i know there's that strength of the ending have you ever seen an athlete running and you know this olympic final marathon race and all of that there's that focus and intensity at the beginning and they're like on oh, your marks get set go and you see these guys trudging and just running and all of that and all that intensity and, and it's so good at the beginning and as you're leaving the stadium and everybody's even cheering and all of that it's so good there's all that strength and, and there's that magical thing that happens when they then come back in and it's like they're even taking the last step and all of that but you see that guy as he just gets to the end and he just breasts the tape first and they say you are the Olympic champion you see that guy there's just a strength that comes again he looked half dead now suddenly he gets his country's flag he starts running all over and dancing you know and all of that there's a strength again that comes from that joy of finishing but the problem is when you're in the middle when you're just in the middle of taking one more step and it's like is this thing even working and and who even sent me to do all of this is it by force to win olympics like am i the only one you know you're just you're just running that who even cost me that i'm here you know you're just in that in that middle moment and what i'm saying is that in that middle moment what you need is renewed perspective because renewed perspective is going to give you renewed strength we need a boost of strength somebody i don't want to do life just going through in my own might and in my own effort and you know just that strength of willpower willpower will fail you it will never be enough to carry you in this journey it can give you a good start i need something more than just the strength of motivation and you know motivation can get you excited and get you to go one day maybe two days and all of that but i need something more in the middle i'm saying to you this morning renewed perspective is going to give us renewed strength we need renewed strength listen to isaiah chapter 40 and verse 27 the bible says why would you ever complain oh jacob or why in Israel saying God has lost track of me God has lost track of me have you been there before in the middle of your of your journey where you just feel like God has lost track of me I'm all I'm doing here is just taking one more step and you know just pushing and I'm on a climb side and I feel like God has lost track of me maybe there's a network failure somewhere maybe maybe God didn't figure this thing out well I know he made a promise but 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 here I am and it doesn't add up and you just feel God has lost track of me like like maybe he once had a plan but right now I'm convinced there is no plan uh, about this god has lost track of me and then he says and you're saying god has lost track of me he doesn't care what happens to me don't you know anything haven't you been listening come look at someone and say haven't you been listening god doesn't come and go god lasts listen seasons come and go god doesn't Season will come and meet God. Then he will go. God lasts. He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out. He doesn't pause to catch his breath. And he knows everything inside and out. I hope that encourages somebody this morning. God knows. Isaac has been asking a question, Abraham. God knows. Okay, you know, see what they are? God knows. Can you see the pressure? God knows. He knows everything. Not just the surface value. Inside 
and out. Now check this out. He energizes those who get tired. He gives fresh strength to drop out. Somebody say fresh strength. Come on, say it like you're believing for it this morning. Somebody say fresh strength. I need it fresh. I need it today. I need it here. I need it now. I don't need yesterday's strength. Yesterday had its own questions and its own challenges, but I'm done with that. I'm facing a new day. The variables are different. I need fresh strength. It's like you go into the, into the supermarket and you say, I want to buy bread. And, and they bring you something that, that this thing was big. And you say, I want fresh wine. Fresh wine. I need today's own for today. Are you hearing me this morning? I need, I need a strength that is the size of the battles I'm facing. Have you read before how the scripture says, as your days are, so shall your strength be? You used to read that and think what the Bible is saying is that, you know, as your days are, when you are very old, then you will have strength that is a lot. No, no, no. It says, as your days are, so shall your strength be. In other words, the type of day you have is the type of strength you would have. The, the manner of day you have is the manner of strength. As your seasons are, so shall your strength be. There are days you're walking through. I'm going through a tough day. Guess what? God has tough strength for you. I'm walking through a season that is all crazy. God has crazy strength for you. I'm walking through an unprecedented season. Guess what? God has unprecedented strength for you. As your days are, so shall your strength be. The Bible says he gives fresh strength. He gives fresh strength to drop out. For even young people tire. When you rely on the natural, everybody young, I have it. The Bible says they tire and they drop out. Young folk in their prime stumble and fail. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. I'm so glad that we get to be doing that as a church in this time and season, waiting upon God, seeking God, taking these days, taking this media period. Super Saturday was a boost in my spirit. Walking through these moments, through this surge and all that God is doing. You know what we're doing? We're waiting on God and we're saying we need fresh strength. We need something that is the size of what is ahead of us. We need something that is custom built for what we're walking through. I don't want to be on a climb side of a mountain and just be playing around like, no, no, no. I need the kind of strength that this demands take. And the Bible says, those who wait on God, they get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and they don't get tired. They walk and they don't lag behind. Who believes for this over their lives this morning? They walk and they don't lag behind. And this morning, what I want to do is to invite people who are tired, people who feel weary, people who feel like you're just in the middle of a lot. I want to invite you to lift up your eyes. Number one, renewed. We need a renewed perspective. We need a renewed perspective of a God who is at work in us. We need a renewed perspective of a God who has not abandoned us. And that renewed perspective is going to give us renewed strength. And listen to me, everybody, that renewed strength is going to bring a renewed drive. That renewed strength is going to get your hands on in a new way. Things that you had dropped off and you just felt tired about. Renewed strength is going to give you renewed drive. Do you notice how the Bible says in Isaiah 40 that those who wait upon God, they get fresh strength. Now look at the next thing that happens. The Bible says they spread their wings and they soar like eagles. The Bible says they run and they don't get tired. They walk. Do you see that? In the place of renewed strength, strength is a spreading of wings it's a soaring it's a running it's a walking it's movement listen the empowerment of the holy spirit over our lives is not just about walking in a service and you know feeling like goosebumps and oh i feel an atmosphere of his presence the empowerment of the holy spirit in our lives is something that he puts in us so that we can start to work it out i believe that when the holy spirit is at work in you it's not just about a feeling he gets your hands on he gets your hands back to work you go back to those things that look like difficult things and now there is an empowerment 
empowerment. There's a renewed strength that changes. It gives you a new drive to work. It gives you a new drive of productivity. You go back to that business and there's just a freshness. There's a boost. There's a spark. There's a greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's something that comes on you that becomes a boost. That there's an expression of this. The Bible says men would see your good works and glorify your father in heaven something about who God is to us that becomes the works of our hands something about who God is to us that becomes a prosperity of the works of our hands that we're not just Christians in in a church service in a church building I believe there's something about our faith there's something about waiting on the Lord there's something about an empowerment of the Holy Spirit that becomes a boost in the every days of our lives that church and all of that for us is not just an activity of Sunday morning it's an expression all week long it's the working of God when we show up to work there's something about the Holy spirit there's a spirit in man and the inspiration of the almighty gives him understanding there's something about how i face every day of my life that comes from the renewed perspective that has become renewed strength that has become a renewed drive i want to say to people this morning maybe you just feel in the middle and all of that it's okay to be on a climb side of a mountain but it's not okay to live your life weak and defeated it's okay to be on the climb side of the mountain but that is not a justification to live your life weak and abandoned and defeated and you know miserable head down it's okay to be on the climb side of a mountain but today can i invite you to say lift up your eyes lift up your eyes may god give you renewed perspective this morning may god show you in a new way how that he's at working you to will and to do of his good pleasure may god show you in a new way that the processes that you are walking are an orchestration of divinity and listen to me god is so god that he doesn't even need a good process to walk his plan God is so God that he can use what the devil meant for evil to work his goodness God is so God that he can use valley lows to work an elevation of his purpose God is so God that he can use hell to work a heavenly assignment God is so God that the Bible says had they known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory God is so God that he can use the scheming of hell to work a heavenly process God is so God God is so God and today my prayer is that you get a renewed perspective of the God who is for you and what he is doing in your life. It's not a perspective of people and what they meant for evil. It's a perspective of God who is all the while at work to will and to do of his good pleasure. I pray today you get a renewed perspective of a God who is all the while aware and he has his eyes upon you. God is so God that the devil can do his worst. He can do his worst, but God will still bring out his best. God is that God. Steps on invite people in this journey that's my encouragement to you today in the middle of all of this i'll tell you what isaac is asking a question in genesis 22 and verse 7 isaac is asking a question that i think we must all be asking on a climb side isaac says abraham where is the lamb where is the lamb because what we really need friends what we really need what we really need to be looking for in all of this and all that life is in the climb side in the middle of the year i think what we really need and what we really need to be looking for where is the lamb? Isaac is asking a prophetic question. He's, he's not just asking where is a lamb. He's asking where is the lamb. And I think it's highly prophetic a moment in scripture. Because that has been the longing and that's really the search. Where is the lamb? Where is the lamb? Can I tell you what we really need on the climb side? We need the lamb. What we really need on the climb side and figuring out life and doing one more step. I'll tell you what we really need. We need to be seeing the lamb. And what Isaac was looking for in that moment in where is the lamb revelation closes with all of heaven singing worthy is the lamb i'm so glad today that we have a lamb that was slain isaac was asking where is the lamb because he's slain before the foundations of the world i need a revelation of the lamb 
I'll tell you what is going to get you through in this season of your life. I'll tell you what you really need in this season of your life. I'll tell you what you really need to be seen. Sometimes you may not see the figures add up. Sometimes you may not see the story make sense in the way that you think. But what I think we really need is a revelation of Jesus. What I think we really need is that right here and now we need to know that he is with us. He is for us. He is not against us. That we are not abandoned. That we are not left alone. We are not orphans. That he is with us. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? That's the revelation I need to be catching at every time and season of my life. If I'm finding that in the middle, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 27, speaking about Moses the Bible says Moses forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king for he endured how did you endure Moses this was a big deal of what you were walking through Moses how did you endure how did you forsake Egypt how did you leave all the treasures of Egypt how did you not fear the wrath of the king how did you not fear the worst in the seasons that you were going through Moses the Bible says the only reason Moses endured is that he was seeing him who is invisible he was seeing something people he was getting a revelation of Jesus it was because of a revelation that he became bold he became enduring he said i don't care about the king i can do all of that i can endure because i'm getting a revelation of jesus that's what the old testament saints were living in prophetically looking forward to and i pray today that in this day and age in which we live in which we're so blessed to be able to say i can lift my hands and be receiving a revelation i can reach out to god i can walk through the seasons of my life and know that he's not far away because he himself has said never will he leave me never will he forsake me he himself abides with me through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad and grateful that in this day and age, I can be leaning in my heart. I can be coming around the gatherings. I can be in the conversations. I can be enjoying a fresh revelation of Jesus every day of my life. I can open up my Bible to read. I can wake up in the morning again to pray. I can seek God again. I can plug in my ears again. I can be enjoying a revelation. What I need on a climb side is where is Jesus? What I need when I can't explain the story is can I see Jesus? What I need when I don't even know how it's going to work out what i need when i have more questions than i have answers what i need when i have more bills than i have the resources what i need is a revelation of jesus listen because of who jesus is it will all come good because of who jesus is it will all come clear but before it comes clear all i need is holding that revelation of who jesus is taking one more step on the climb side of my mountain i need to hold on to jesus i need to hold on to jesus this is my dear life this is how i do life this is how i will not be enslaved by the climb side of the mountain this is how i'll find the strength this is how i'll find the perspective i just want to ask people this morning when last did you just reveal your heart and refresh your heart in who jesus is to you when last did you in the middle of a climb side just lift up your eyes when last did you in the middle of building your marriage and raising your kids and all the pressure and tension when last did you just remember the promise of jesus over your life and his faithfulness and when last did you just revel in who he is marvel in the wonder of who jesus is just want to say we're not merely making it through making it through another day making it through barely surviving i just want to say that we are called to enjoy a beautiful process of a journey with jesus and in some way or the other the truth is the climb side will be your reality in some way or the other you would see these things happen in some way or the other you would have some questions and and it's okay it's okay be comfortable with it tim come i'm closing um but but don't get conclusive in the middle spaces of your life don't mistake in a season for an ultimate picture don't make poor judgments mistaking what's happening in a season of your life a statement of what life is all about here's how then this morning imagine you were playing hide and seek with your with your kids imagine you were playing hide and seek and you know the dreams of being a wonderful parent and all of that like some of the things i would do with my children is so just play hide and seek 
and all of that. And then, um, so, so you start and say, okay, are you ready? Close your eyes. Um, close your eyes. Are your eyes closed? Can you see me? No. Eyes are closed. Okay, sorry. I'm, let me be very blind. Oh, yeah. Deodre. So, so like, like, can you see me? No. Okay. 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 There you go. And you hide. And like, one, two, three. Okay. And then the child comes out looking for you. The child is looking for you. He's checking. Dad, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Mom, where are you? Mom, where are you? Here's, here's what I want you to see this morning. You know, in that moment where you are not being seen, your child can't see you. And maybe your child even gets to the point where I'm looking for you, Dad, but where are you? <laughs> maybe your child even gets to that point. Here's what I want to say. Do you know, in that moment, you are not any less loving, any less of who you are. Your character has not suddenly changed. And now you are a wicked father. Then when your child finds you, you are a loving father. No. You are the same loving, adventurous parent when you are seen and when you are not seen. You are the same consistent character when you are seen and when you are not seen. In, in the seen, in the unseen. Listen, a concealed God is not any less loving than a seen God. A concealed God walking through a season of my life and I can't see you God. I can't even see you right now. I don't understand and I can't explain. Listen, he's not more loving. Also, now I have a testimony. I just want to say, George, I now know that God is good. He was always good. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. A concealed God is not any less loving than the seen God. The climb side God is as mindful of you as the blind side God. The God where you are taking one more step and you couldn't explain is as mindful of you. Listen, God is orchestrating things for people. You, maybe at some point in your life you would come into things and you would look over your shoulder and realize, wow, it was good all the while that God walked me through that. It was good that God was prospering his process in me. It was good that God did not rush me into the future he had for me. It was good that God took his work on me. It was good that God was preparing me. It was good that God was working character in my heart. It was good that God was training me. It was good that God didn't just show me up in a future. It was good that God did not just prepare a future for me. He prepared me for that future. It was good that God was all the while at working me to will and to do of his good pleasure. And today I just want to say he's as much God of the climb side as he is of the blind side. And when you're facing pressure and all of that, he is still God even right here and right now. And what it means to be a follower of Jesus is that we embrace that ultimate revelation. That our hearts are hungry and our longing and would you stand with me this morning i'm going to invite us in just a moment to worship and reach out our hearts i don't know how you came to church this morning but i believe somebody this morning can receive re renewed perspective i believe somebody this morning can receive renewed strength i believe somebody this morning can receive a renewed drive in their spirit i believe this morning that somebody can be empowered and awakened by the power of the holy spirit that is at work in this house i don't know how you came maybe you feel tired of your dreams maybe you feel tired
tired of the calling of God. Maybe you feel tired in the process that you're walking. But today I believe right here, right now, there's a revelation of God that is waiting on you. He is a good God. He is a faithful God. He is for you and He's not against you. He is for you and He's not against you right here and right now. It's not in tomorrow when things happen. Right here and right now, He is for you and He's not against you. I wish you would lift your hands, everybody. I wish you would reach out like you can. I wish you would just love on the Lord this morning. I wish you would just embrace a revelation of who Jesus is to us this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I have questions, but I thank you, Jesus. I have uncertainties, but I thank you, Jesus. I deal with fears, but I thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Come on, somebody just lean in his presence this morning. Just lean into his presence this morning. When last did you lift your eyes? When last did you renew your perspective of a God who is for you and not against you? Come on, let's worship this morning.
right here, right now. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. You're the God of the promise. The God of faithfulness. A God who is consistent in character. Right here, right now. Spirit of God, I pray for people in this house this morning. I pray for people online this morning. I pray, Lord, for people on a climb side. Somewhere or the other, climbing, climbing, doing what we know to do. I pray for people putting in efforts, dedication. I pray for people who are holding strong in some area or the other. I pray for people this morning, God, who somebody came to church this morning and you're getting to that tired end of the rope. Somebody came to church this morning, you're getting to that place where the questions are beginning to feel overwhelming. God, I pray, I pray, I pray this morning, I pray this morning that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're giving people a fresh revelation of who you are. God, I pray this morning for just that freshness, that freshness, that renewing that comes from your presence. The Bible says out of his presence come times of refreshing. God, I just pray like a wave this morning. I pray you're just going to sweep over people. God, from the front to the back, Lord, everybody online, everywhere, let there just be a wave of your presence this morning, God. Just enveloping your people, God. Let it be strengthening tired hands. Let it be strengthening tired feet. Let it be encouraging weary hearts this morning, God. Yes, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The hands of Zerubbabel that laid the foundations will complete it with shouts of grace, grace to it. We'll complete it. We'll complete it. Yeah. God, thank you. Thank you for who you are to us. Thank you that in every right now moment, we don't need to wait till tomorrow. You are right here right now for us. We love you, God. What a privilege. We're grateful. Can we stay standing? I want to make an invitation this morning. Somebody came to church and, you know, you're not in the right place with God. You know, best thing you can do for yourself this morning, I want to encourage you is, you know, just give your sincerity, gift of your sincerity. You know it as we speak. It's great to be in this service. great to be around all that God is doing. But I'll tell you what makes the difference is that you consciously surrender the Lordship of your life to Jesus. If there's anybody here that has a right standing with God, it's because we make that decision. Nobody just assumes it. Nobody just kind of grows into it. We, we make a conscious decision to surrender the Lordship of our lives to Jesus. I don't know who you are or how you came about being in church this morning. But if you can't say I'm born again. If you can't say I'm right with God. If you can't say that I've put my faith in Jesus. Maybe at some point in your life you made that decision. But as we speak today you know that you've walked away. You've made poor choices. You're far away from God. Just living in yourself. Living life for what it is. I'm asking everybody to stand so that we can honor your decision. We're so glad you came. I want to give you a moment. Can I just request we bow our heads and close our eyes? Let everybody just be thinking about where they are with Jesus this morning. It's not something to dodge over or to avoid thinking about. It's something to be deliberate about. This is what defines everything. The big question on the mountain is where is the lamb? Big question in eternity is what did you do with the lamb? Where is the lamb? What did you do with the lamb? Did you accept it? You reject I'm going to count to three. And if you say, you know what, you're speaking to me. I need to be made right with God. I want, I, we want to pray for you. I'd love to pray for you. I just want you to put your hand on your chest where you are at the count of three. Are you ready? Whether you're in this building or you're online anywhere. Are you ready? One, two, three. Just swing your hand. Put it on your chest. God sees you. God knows you. God bless you. Everybody doing that in this room. Online anywhere. Even if you're alone, if you're with others, just do it. God bless you. See hands across the room. God bless you. It's a miracle happening in your life this morning. God bless you. God sees your sincerity. Thank you for your honesty. 
Thank you for your sincerity. God bless you. See, everybody's standing because we honor what God is doing in your life. God bless you. It's a miracle happening in you. God bless you. Anybody else want to join in? God sees you. God knows you. If there's that nudging on your heart, please say yes. Please don't hold back on God. It's the right thing to do. God bless you. You're asking, how will it work? Listen, he has, made the price, has paid the price for it to work. It's not in your strength. It's in his grace. God sees you. God bless you. Can we all say a prayer together? If your hand is on your chest, I want you to say these words with all boldness. God hears you. God knows you. But we're family, not a crowd. We all want to join in with you. Can we all say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today because you made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son Jesus. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He's the savior of the world. I believe he carried my sins on that cross. I believe he died a death he did not deserve to die so that I can have a life I did not deserve to have. Say today, I confess Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Say please forgive me of the past and give me a whole new start. Say I will live for you. I will stand for you. Say fill me with your grace. Change me on the inside. Wash me clean by your blood and I will change on the outside. Say one day, I'll be with you in heaven. I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Who loves the sound of a miracle? Praise the Lord, somebody. Can we give God the praise this morning? Hallelujah. Hey, if you pray that prayer, you know what? A miracle just happened in your life. That's incredible. It's amazing. This is the biggest miracle that can ever happen. The biggest miracle that can ever happen is death to life. That's what just happened with you right now. We celebrate it. We honor what God is doing in your life. You know what? We want to stand with you. We want to support you. We want to encourage you. Everybody who prayed that prayer, whether you're in the building or online, if you're in the building on your way out, you're going to see some of our team. They're waving a little book. It's called a Fresh Life Devotional. They're just going to be waving it at the exits of the door. All you need to do is to tell somebody, I prayed that prayer. They'll give it to you. It's free of charge. They'll just love to know how they can encourage you and stand with you and pray for you and all of that. And if you're online, there's already information about how you can let us know. We'd love to send you resources to get you established and strengthened in your journey but you know what we are so excited about what God has just done in your life it's a miracle church can we clap our hands one more time can we celebrate hey if you got saved one day in your life you know what just happened now can we celebrate it congratulations we are so honored to have been able to share this teaching message with you from Sycamore Church Ibadan Nigeria we really hope you found it to be a blessing to find out more about us or how you can receive more resources from our church or our pastor, Tolulokwemudi, please visit our website, www.sikamore.church. That's S-Y-C-A-M-O-R-E.church. Or on Facebook and YouTube at Sikamore Church and on Instagram and Twitter at Sikamore underscore church. If you're ever anywhere around us, we'll be super honored to welcome you at one of our services. We're so excited to share this teaching message with you from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. We believe God knows you and loves you, and through his word, he expresses his plans and purposes for your life. 
We hope that you open up your heart and really sense God speak to you through this message from our pastor, Tolulokwe Moody. Let's get right into the service and be blessed by this message. Can we celebrate all the men in this house? Happy Father's Day. Welcome to church, everybody. If you're next to a man, a guy, an aspiring father around you, say Happy Father's Day. Shout out to every man online. Happy Father's Day. We love you, men. We're grateful for what you do. I believe I speak for our church and I say that, you know, we're so grateful to God for the gift of the men of this house and that we extremely love you. We deeply love you and uh, we believe in what God is doing in you. Amen. 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 I have something to share with you this morning that I believe will be a blessing. Thank you, guys. I, I believe would be a blessing um, to you this morning. Um, but let's just pray before we get into God's word. God, thank you so much for the privilege that we have to, you know, gather as a family. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing incredible things already in this service. Thank you for the blessing of worship, of community, of family. And God, I just pray this morning that as we um, lean around your word, can everybody just hold out your hands this morning? God, we ask this morning to receive a word from you. Speak to us in a way that is so simple that we would understand. Let it be so profound that it will make a mark in our lives forever. Do what only you can. Thank you so much, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 Let's make a shout out to everybody online before we sit this morning. Welcome to church. So good to have you um, with us this morning. And please be seated um, this morning. I would this morning be speaking especially to the men um, of the house. It's Father's Day, so let's enjoy the moment. Um, the ladies have the right to overhear all that we would say. We'll keep it safe. We would make sure we don't say anything like we said yesterday. Um, we'll keep it as safe as we can um, so that the ladies can safely overhear. But I'll be speaking this morning to the men of our house, and I believe that God is going to use this um, maybe in some way to give direction and just help and strength um, to us in this day of what it means to um, to be to be a man, um, to be a father, to be a man, um, but but just to say Happy Father's Day once again, and I think that maybe many times we we overlook what it means to be a man. Nobody really knows the pressure that we face. Nobody really knows all that you sometimes just have to carry. You know the weight and the burden of being a man, the responsibility. You know it's drummed into your ears as you grow up. Just this thing of you're a man. You know what you have to do, what you're expected to do. I think nobody really knows the expectations that we live up to. Nobody really knows the questions that we face, the weights that we carry, um, both weights on our mind and you know even the weights that we um, that we build muscles with. Nobody really knows um, what what we go through. Um, but I hope today that maybe I can bring some encouragement and I can bring some light and direction to your journey. Um, some things that I hope we'll be able to apply. And maybe the women would also just overhear something that would be um, relevant to them. I'm going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and from verse 9 to 8 um, this morning. I like to read it from verse 9 into verse 8. 1 Timothy chapter 2 from verse 9 to verse 8. Um, so Paul is writing and then he says, I want women... women um, women to be modest in their appearance they should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes somebody say amen amen and then verse 8 now Paul now says in every place of worship I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God free from anger and controversy um, so I, I have two biological kids and many times you're just trying to have conversations with them and you know one of the things I find is that just because of their peculiarities sometimes you have to address 
think separately. So you're talking to this person based on his peculiarities and trying to understand and reason and explain things in a particular way. And then, you know, you're talking to the other based on her peculiarity and trying to... So it's like you have the same thing you want to say, but it's going to hit differently with different people. So you kind of, you know, separate that way and separate that way and have conversations that way. And, and as I think about that, I think maybe Paul was in that kind of situation as he's writing this letter. So Paul is just thinking about all the things on his heart that he's trying to share in the book of Timothy. And then, and then Paul gets to that point where he kind of has something to say but he feels like you know what let me speak to the women in their peculiarity because women have women stuff right women have a women life there are, there are things they care about and so Paul starts to address women issues that you know what you ladies women the, the way you dress you know fashion um, um, gold apparels you know wi women stuff basically right Paul starts to write about women stuff and he's saying you know I know this is so particular to the women so you know what this is the time I'm devoting to explain to the women about women's stuff but today is not you know for that today is a day for the men let's enjoy a moment I so I, I won't talk about that if I was going to talk about it I was going to tell you that you would notice that dressing matters in the scripture right you would notice that you know Paul is talking about how to dress okay how to dress it, it, that it matters how you dress so Paul is telling Christian women how to dress but but we're not talking about that today so don't let me um, go into it but if I was going to talk about it I was going to read Proverbs 7 and verse 10 and, and in Proverbs 7 and verse 10 the Bible says that I met this woman and then it says with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. There are two things that define this, this, this seductress woman. He, he says there's a heart to her but not just a heart, there's also an attire to her. So there's a way she dresses that you say, ah, oh, there's something wrong with this girl. All right? That there's a way, there's something he calls the attire. However you now define it though, that no, this one is not where, however you define it, there's something called attire of a harlot. And then there's a heart to it. Okay, so it's not just that it's in my heart, my heart is pure and right. There's something called attire of a harlot. But don't let's talk about that today. If I was going to talk about it, I was going to mention that. But, but basically, Paul goes about the women's stuff and he, he says, women, you know, all the things you're freaked about. And he says, okay, now, guys, let me talk to the men, okay? So, where are the men? Let me talk to the men. And then Paul now is writing in this part. So, he has said women's stuff. So, I'm like, okay, Paul, you now want to talk to the men. So, so let's get into men's stuff. I feel like Paul is going to say, right, who's been following Euro 2020? Which team do you think is going to win or something? Or, 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 or what, what clubs do you guys support and stuff like that? And the men will start, you know, the Chelsea fans, of course, will start making noise and, you know, things that I feel like Paul would just get to men's stuff and just start to talk about things like that or, or maybe paul would be writing to the men and say you know what no soccer is just ruining the world and paul would just say okay you guys what do you guys think about you know the world economy what do you think about you know changes in the world economy and how china is affecting affecting things what what is your take or maybe Paul would write to the men and say, guys, can you analyze what were the causes of the last two world wars? And is there any tendency that we might be heading to another one or something? Or maybe Paul would even say, guys, let's just talk about politics. What do you guys think about the umbrella and the broom? Should the broom sweep the umbrella or the umbrella cover the broom? Um, but Paul says, you know what, men, I want to talk to men. Paul now says, men, do you know what I have to tell you? Pray. Ah. Uh, I mean, I'll get if you just wrote the letter and said everybody pray. But why is he zoning in on the men? It could be either of two things. On one hand, it could be that, you know, you know, when someone talks to you and the person has plenty issues, as we were saying the first one, you were already thinking I was going to say this, but I said, 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 he goes left, right, by the time he finished talking, he just said, let's pray. So it's possible Paul just looked at men and look, look how complicated look at you. And said, men, pray. That's what I have to tell you. But 
maybe on the other hand, it wasn't just that. Because Paul kind of emphasizes something in talking about men praying. He says, I desire that men would pray. And they would lift up their hands without wrath or doubting, without free from anger and controversy. That this is the way I want men to be, lifting up their hands. And as I read that, I kind of feel like there is a symbolism to what Paul is saying. I feel like there is an emphasis he's laying that is so important that, you know what, this is men talk. This is men talk. It's not just somebody showing up and saying, ah, no, it's, it's, it's men stuff. He's saying, men, there's something you need to know about lifting hands. That it doesn't come natural for you. It's not your sweet spot. It's not, you know, you need to, the same way woman is, you know, attending to fashion and all. Yeah, but, but you guys also need to get this thing about lifting up your hands. And so what I'll try and do today is that I'll just speak to you on what I'll call hands up and I'll drive it into four ways. Four ways that maybe we need to appreciate this symbolism that Paul is laying. Four ways that maybe we really need to be thinking about what this lifting up of hands can mean to us. As guys, as we're doing life, as we're living up to the pressures in 2021 of what it means to be a man. Maybe four ways we really need to be looking at this and seeing the, the lifting of our hands. The first thing that I would say this morning about the lifting of the hands is I think Paul is saying, men, you need to appreciate authority, authority, authority. I am under a greater authority. You know when you just see somebody storm into a banking hall, bring out a gun and, you know, raise it out and say, everybody, hands up. You know what it's, it's doing? It's a statement of, you know what, there's a greater authority here. I want everybody to recognize a greater authority. And I think it comes so easy for us as men many times because we live in a culture that tells you you have to be strong, you have to, you know, stand up to things. And, and if we're not careful, we just take the narrative to mean that I have to be so full of myself. I have to be everything. I have to be the God of my home. I have to be the provider, the sufficiency. I have to be the wisdom of this home i have to be able to answer every question i have to be able to take care of everybody and if you are not careful you start to carry that on your shoulders as as though the plan was for you to be to be god and, and all of that but but here's what paul is saying man as you stand up to being a man as you live in the responsibility every day do you know what i want you to remember you are under a greater authority there is a god that is an authority over your life god puts things in your hands but he doesn't put them in your power god puts things in your stewardship but he doesn't put it to you to be sufficient of yourself no as you stand up to what it means to be a man i pray you would remember that there is an authority over my life there is something beautiful about being able to lift my hands and know i may not be sufficient of myself to think of myself as anything but i can find a sufficiency in god i can go through the motions of every day not just trying to make it work and you know trying to be everything but i can lift up my hands on on my weakest day i can find a new strength by just lifting up my hands. there is a picture of authority man that we must not lose we're so busy many times trying to fight those battles and debates to prove our authority that if we're not careful we forget that we're actually called to be living under God's authority if you're a man like Samson you can be so strong you can be so strong but you know what Samson found out Samson is so strong you can do what you want to do right Samson is that kind of strong there are people that are strong they just have online mouth you know it's just strong in mouth but wicked action Samson is the guy that you get him angry you get some, you know, there are people you annoy. When you annoy them, they will leave, they will raise the roof. Basically by lifting their voice. But if Samson tells you that, look, I will raise the roof, he's going to literally do it. Do you understand what I mean? Samson is not just using figure of speech. I'll tell you, I'm going to take the gate. He's going to do it. i say, I will kill you. He will kill you, I promise. He's not just saying I will abuse. No, he's saying I will kill you. He's telling you what he would do. And he will not just kill you. He will kill 999 guys with you. Samson is that kind of strong. I don't know how strong you think you are, but something is that kind of strong. 
I've seen a guy that he's cracking joke with babes. She now goes to tell somebody something. He just goes to get fucked. He kills lion. The Bible says something was just going. A lion came out. Ah, he killed. The Bible says he was surprised. Me. He says he just tore it. And these are the words the Bible says. He didn't even tell anybody. Some of you killed snake. Yeah, I killed a snake. Seven feet. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. I'm saying remove the gates of city. Kill everybody. But, but, but you look at Samson in all his strength and Samson ends up eyes plucked out grinding in a Philistine prison when I see that I'm like but, but listen there were men in Israel that were not half as strong as Samson but they didn't end up grinding they didn't end up with eyes plucked out there were many men in Israel that were they would see Samson come they would run away all of that they were those kind of guys but they didn't end up with eyes plucked out is it possible that sometimes what we think is strength is deceptive is it possible sometimes because we think we can do everything I will maybe strong in resource strong in money I can get what I want I can do what maybe that in itself is the deception so we start to lean on it we start to believe in ourselves it's in us we can make it happen and we forget that at the end of the day real strength starts from knowing our weakness because that is what leads us to real dependence real strength starts when we know we are not sufficient of ourselves. I need a greater authority. Real strength starts when you know that I will live my life by lifting my hands. I'm not going to live my life, first of all, by walking my hands and my hustle. No, I will first of all understand that it is in the lifting of hands that my strength starts. Real strength starts. And I just encourage us this morning. I was saying with you last week about the beauty of surrender. Encourage us this morning, men, that we must relearn surrender. Surrender is a statement of strength, not of weakness. We must relearn surrender to a higher authority. There is an authority over our lives. I don't know who you are. I don't know how you're leading your family. I don't know how you're raising your children. Maybe you're just boss. You know, everybody calls you chama, boss. You know, everything is just a lager. There is authority over your life. And when you learn that authority that God is over your life, that is where your strength really starts. It's beautiful. Paul says, I want men to know how to lift their hands. It's beautiful. Maybe, maybe you don't see the picture. Have you, have you seen a, a, a lager of park entering the park? Ah! All those sound people. That's yeah, you know. <laughs> strong men are strong not because of who they are in themselves. Strong men are strong because of who they are surrendered to. You hear what I said? Strong men are strong not because of who they are in themselves. Strong men are strong because of who they are surrendered to. Second thing I'm going to say this morning, I think when Paul is saying lifting of hands and that beautiful thing and what it means. On the one hand, I think it means a greater authority over our lives. But secondly, this morning, I think Paul is inviting men to a place of integrity and honesty. This thing of lifting our hands, I believe, is an invitation to integrity and honesty. Don't live cuddled up. That's what Paul will be telling, telling the men. Don't live cuddled up. You know when you have everything to hide and you're all cuddled up and your life is all a fold and all of that. And it's like you've done something wrong and your teacher said, what did you do? And he said, nothing, nothing, nothing. You're all cuddled up. And they say, you know what, raise up your hands. Let's, let's see. Let's look at you for who you are. Paul is inviting men and saying, men, 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 can you live with your hands up? Can your life be a statement of integrity and of honesty? Integrity in the dark, integrity in the light. When people are around, when people are not there, can you be the same person you are in church, when you're in your neighborhood, when you're at work, Paul says men live with integrity you know what it means to lift up your hand and I want to be that kind of man that, that doesn't say because I'm trying to make money that is a justification for not being straightforward ah, if you know the kind of things I need listen 
whether you are trying to make money carrying pressure in life, the Bible tells you to live with integrity. Lift up your hands, man. Lift up your hands. Be straightforward. Be straightforward. Be who you are. Listen to Psalm 51 and verse 6. It says you desire honesty, sincerity, truth, integrity in the inner self. That's what God calls us to be. Integrity. It still matters. 2021, 1982, 1204. Integrity still matters. Look at that in CB. And yes, you want truth in the most hidden places. The most hidden places. God calls us to live with truth. Let's stop the narrative of men are liars. Let's stop the narrative of men are not straightforward. Let's stop the narrative. I know you're trying to make money. I know you're trying to do things. But listen, if God is working something in your life and it is not straightforward, it is not God. If God is working a testimony in your life and you cannot share all the details, it is not God, sir. If there are details that you say, you know, God did most things. You know, God is generally at work. No, but if you cannot share the details of a testimony, it is not God. If God did 75%, listen, I, 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 I cringe at the thought of a God who will do 75% of a miracle, then now say, ah, that I can't finish it. Satan, come and do 25%. I cringe at the thought of a God that cannot see something through in my life. I cringe. I don't want to worship that kind of God. I want a God that I can be whole and integrity and live with integrity and I can be straightforward about my life. I want a God that I can serve lifting up my hand. I can tell the details of what I'm doing. You can tell where you are going. What are you going to do? I'm going there to do this. I'm going yeah, to do some things. Which things? Integrity, be clear. I'm doing business. What business are you doing? Who are your customers? What do you sell? How much do you make? Eh? I say products. I work night shift. What do you do? Awesome. What is the integrity? Be clear. Are you selling weed? Or are you, you know, be clear? Where are you going? Somewhere. Paul says, lift up your hands. Men, I pray we would see that picture of a life stretched out. No cuddled up. No cuddled up. The way some people put password, even if they can password their life. Even you, some of your passwords, you can't even remember. You're now trying to hack everything. You password, password, password. <laughs> hands lifted up. Cut somebody and say, hands up, hands up. Hands up. I think this same integrity thing applies to emotional integrity. Verbal integrity. Don't just use words. Say anything, anywhere, anyhow. Be deliberate about your words. Mean what you say. There's power in your words. Every girl is babe. Something's wrong with you. Every girl, boo. What's wrong with you? So you just use words anyhow on people. You, you finish sending her message. You've said anything. You've gone to sleep. It didn't even mean anything to you. The girl is still awake at 2 a.m., integrity. Then she now tells you, but you said, I can't even remember. So, because your words have lost value, that's why now you are coming to church and you are saying, whatever I say, I shall receive. And you are now saying, eh, eh, in the name of Jesus, this. Your words don't have value. If everything, the way you have been saying it has been happening. <laughs> but now you have like 700 with Solomon. <laughs> your words matter. You can't call anybody anything, say anything. Have that sense of, if I'm saying something, I mean it. I'm, I'm on my way. When will you be there? Five minutes. You can't be there in five minutes. Like we all know. You're just having your bath. 
Verbal integrity, friends. Paul says, live a life with your hands up. Live a life of integrity, emotional integrity. Be deliberate. The same thing, what you post. Live every day. Oh, your, your status day, somebody post 30 pictures. You say, yeah. I tell you the truth, be responsible with your words. Be responsible with your words. You don't want, some of you say, yeah, I'm not married now. I'm married. You don't let the day come when you're now married. That you're going to wife. You're ready for say, boo. I know, I mean that. <laughs> Honesty about things. Integrity and honesty. Be honest about your journey. About, you know, it's okay, guys. You have feelings. I know you're going through stuff and all of that. It's okay. Be honest about it. Don't act drama of what you are not. Don't let, don't let pressure, pressure as a man, don't let pressure make you a liar. Eh? Don't let pressure make you be saying things that, you know, everybody is that, where are you going to be? When you went to see your father-in-law. And I said, where's your father? And I said, you know, I'm just convinced. You are not. Just tell him, I'm believing God this and that. And, you know, if you can pray along with me, sir. <laughs> Don't let pressure make you a liar. Now, when I say honesty, honesty is beautiful. It's sincere. I'm not saying be negative. I'm not saying, you know, that you say, ah, your word is useless. I don't even know. Ah, I'm just being honest. I'm just, no. Honesty does not mean you are not hopeful. But honesty is a beautiful thing we must not lose, friends. It matters. Honesty about your journey. Don't tell people, don't be forming fake strength. Let's say we're saying in men's this day. I'll just say it. You know, in men's this day, I'll say, someone stand there and say, my penis is dead in Christ. You are a fool. It's a life. You are telling that, that no, I just, what's wrong with you? I'm sorry, I just slipped. But I'm just saying that, be honest. Don't be manipulative. You know? I know. Let's just turn that shit there. Many things. <laughs> uh-huh. So number three, number three. So, so I've said, I've said, hands up. That beautiful. How look? If there's a guy around you, just look at him and say, hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up. Can we just do it for a moment? Everybody, hands up. Everybody, hands up. It's beautiful. Hands up. Yeah, as high as they can go. It's beautiful. Fantastic. That's a picture of your life. It's a picture of your life. Some of you, as you've raised your phone, I'm seeing uh, Twitter. You even use VPN. <laughs> Up. Somebody just says, ah, quickly give me my phone. I want to make one call. You say, wait to. <laughs> wait to. Wait to. Is it call you want to make? Give me the number. I'll dial it for you. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with you? The third thing I'm going to talk about this morning is vulnerability. When Paul says hands up, I believe he's calling us to vulnerability and accountability. Vulnerability and accountability. I've said authority. I've said honesty, integrity. Now vulnerability and accountability. I believe there's a beautiful picture of brokenness that we must not lose. And we live in a culture that is trying to tell the men, you know, what it means to be a man is to be, you know, brave up, to be strong, to be, you know, and what we define as strength is all just this, you know, this picture of you must not cry, you must not be seen, you know, um, somebody, a, a two-year-old boy is running and he falls down. They say, ah, don't cry, you're a man. You know, so you grow with that mind said of, of it's, it's an offense, it's wrong you know, your, your heart is bleeding but nothing must come out of your eye and so there you are <laughs> you know but, but, but let me encourage you friends that I believe we can be vulnerable, I believe there's a beautiful picture of life we're called to with our hands up, it is vulnerability it is accountability, it's a brokenness before God, it's a broke. some of you hear the word brokenness, you say me as a man I don't believe, what is worrying me is not brokenness, it's brokenness you know brokenness 
It's the sacrifices of God. A broken spirit. A heart that can be touched. Listen, it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. It's okay, it's okay to cry. What matters most is not whether you cry or not. What matters most is what you do after you cry. In 1 Samuel and chapter 30 and verse 4, the Bible says, you know David, David is one of your guys, guys. David is the guy that fights wars, that takes down giants, that raises mighty men and all of that. In 1 Samuel 30 and verse 4, we meet David, David, strong man, okay? If you think David is not a strong man, you go and kill a giant. But you sit down your house and you're writing on Facebook, you go and kill the strong man. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 30 and verse 4, David and the people who were with him, this is mighty men. The Bible says they, they lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Have you been there before? I don't think so. When you've cried, they shall have said, sorry, sorry, and you stop. But this one that we cry, we cry, then we now say, there's no more power to cry. The Bible says they wept until there was no more power to weep. Ha! David! Let me show you why he cried. Verse 5. David's two wives had been taken captive. Kill David's child, do not cry. Take my woman. <laughs> David, do you know that when David was going to die, they were now saying, Is he dead? Is he not dead? strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Friends, the truth is, it's okay to cry. What matters most is what you do after you cry. It's okay to cry, to go through seasons and be broken. It's okay. But what matters most is what you stand up to do. David stands up to strengthen himself in the Lord his God. He's going through a hard season. He's not just crying and rolling on. No, but through all of that, he comes back strengthening himself in the Lord his God. And can I encourage us today, friends, that there's just some beauty about brokenness, about vulnerability. Listen, vulnerability is a heart posture. It's a posture of your heart. Don't lose it. Don't let the world talk you out of it. Don't let the world pressure you out of it. That, you know, you're not supposed to be. You're not. No, there's something about a heart posture that is broken, that is open that is you know just yielded that is yieldable there's something about that heart posture and i want to say today that strong men are people that understand to lift their hands in the lifting of the hands is a recognition of authority in the lifting of the hands is integrity it is a sameness of who we are in the dark in the light it's a sameness of who we are but even more than that it is vulnerability it is openness there's something about our openness even to people that is closely connected to our openness to god there is something about our openness even in community in relationships that god puts us in the people that we do life with that is strongly connected even to our openness with God. It's not just about my heart to God. What you would find is that if you don't learn what it means to be open, even with people around you, you would struggle to be open to God. If you don't learn what it means to accept the love of people around you, you would struggle to accept the love of God. The fourth thing I'll say this morning, my final point. Is this helping anybody today? So, number one, um, it's authority. Number two, it's integrity. Um, integrity and 
honest. Number three, it's what? Um, vulnerability, accountability. Number four this morning, when Paul says, lift up your hands. I think he's also inviting us to responsibility. To responsibility. Responsibility. Responsibility is a beautiful word that we must embrace as men. Responsibility is a beautiful word that we must be yielding our lives to as men. Maybe you had those moments when you were in school that, you know, a teacher asked you a question and you are that guy, my hand is never going to go up. It will never go up, you know, it will never go up. Even sometimes in your mind, you're like, I think I know this, I think I'm sure, but you're just hoping that somebody else will say what you know, something like that. And then when someone now says, yeah, that's what I was even thinking, right? But but there's just that thing about your hand going up, like like my hand goes up. I, I, would, I would take a shot at it. I would answer. I would, and I believe the hand up is, is also a symbol for standing up in responsibility, standing up to be a face, standing up to be a voice, standing up in this thing and what it means, standing up to it. And today I also believe that God is inviting us to this thing of standing up in responsibility, courage to stand up. Who will answer? Who will be the face for the life that you're supposed to be living? Who will be the face for what you should be standing up to? Who will be the face for, you know, the call of God upon your life? I can't think of how many people are running away from their own lives. How many people are running away from a sense of responsibility? All you want to do is to pull the duvet over your head and forget about everything. All you want to do is to just run away. If I can just run away and and just go to Alaska. Just be away. There's a problem in the world. Hey, starting from you. I just want to get away, man. I just want to, I just, I just want to get away. How many people just want to drown one more bottle so I'm just away from myself? How many people just want to, 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 to take some substance to just separate me from myself? But my question today is who is going to take responsibility for your life? Who is going to take responsibility for, for, for the man that you are called to be? Who is going to take responsibility for the life you are given to steward? Who is going to stand up to it? Who is going to be putting his hands up and saying, you know what? I will be the face for that life. I believe that when Paul is saying, men, hands up. He's saying, I know the pressure. I know what you face. I know what you're going through. I know what life looks like. But I'm inviting you to be a face for your life. I'm inviting you to stand up in responsibility. I'm inviting you to take courage, to be empowered by God. I love 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 20. The Bible says about Saul that Saul also went back to his home in Gibeah. Now listen to these words. Along with him went courageous men whose hearts God had touched. I love that verse. I love that thought. It's a prayer in my life every day that God would stir my heart. That God would touch my heart. That God would do something in my heart and make me a courageous man. That God would be putting a spark in my heart and making me courageous to stand in the front lines where I should. To lead as I should. To to be there. To give my life the gift of my presence to be there where I should, to learn what I should, to go through the processes I should, to embrace the seasons that I should, to be the man that I should be, to be the friend that I should be, to be the husband that I should be, to be the father that I should be. I'm always praying for God to touch my heart and make me courageous for the demands of life that are in front of me. There's something about saying I'm not running away from the battle line. I'm running to the battle line. I'm that person that is embracing the life. I'm not running away from it. Who is going to take responsibility for your life? Who is going to make your life better? Who is going to who is going to shift it from where it is to where it should be stop sitting down waiting that one day is going to come and you know god will just do some somebody will come and change my life friends i invite you today to say be a hands up for your life be that person raising up his hands and taking responsibility for your life my question to you today all things being equal all things being equal all things being equal what are you doing today that is changing the next one year of your life what are you doing today that is changing what you, changing your experience in the next one year of your life. 
What are you doing today? Beyond complaining, because complaining is not. Beyond giving excuses, because excuses is not changing anything. What are you doing today that is changing the next three months of your life? I know situations may be bad. I know sometimes you're going through stuff and situations are wrong and bad. I don't want to be here. But listen, direction is more important than situation. You may be in a bad situation right now. Maybe you're struggling with your thoughts. It all feels messed up. I can't quite get my head to concentrate on anything. I'm struggling with my work. I'm struggling with my academics. I can't even put myself. I'm just single. I'm, I'm single like imported rice. Like, like it doesn't join. I'm just single. You know? I'm just single. I'm just, okay. Or I'm just struggling with an addiction or with a habit and all of that. Okay. That may be your present situation. And it may be bad. But my question is, today, what direction are you starting? What are you starting today that would say all things being equal? As I go on in this direction, I can change the situation. Direction is always more important than situation. Situation may be bad, but if your direction is good, it will change the situation. And listen, situation may be good right now. You may be on a high and all of that. But if your direction is wrong, your situation will come wrong. Direction will always trump situation. My question today is, what direction is your life in the next one year? What direction are you traveling? What are you doing today that is changing the next three months of your life? Growth is not forced. You can't force growth. You don't just sit down and expect to grow. Growth doesn't just happen. There's a difference between aging and growing. There's a difference between aging and growing. Growth is the fruit of deliberate effort. You will not go to a farm, lay your hands on the ground and say, you know, um, um, come comfort in Jesus name comfort no you plant a seed you go back tomorrow and water it you will put deliberate effort over time to see that thing grow you don't come to church and pray and say in the name of Jesus I just speak to that land that come with comfort no the only prayer you can pray is that I will be empowered so I will go and plant you understand what I'm saying come here confess in the name of Jesus <laughs> receive it nothing the ground will respond to a seed don't sit down and look at your life. Ah, man, I really want to grow, man. Man, it'll be good to grow, man. Look at some things. It'll be nice if I grow. What are you doing today that is planting a seed of growth? What are you doing today that is changing where you will be in three months' time? Changing who you will be in three months' time? Growth is not forced. What are you taking responsibility to learn? What are you taking responsibility? Who are you taking responsibility to relate with? Who are you taking responsibility to to be around, to, to, to relate with, to engage, to learn. What are you doing deliberately? Be responsible for the practical things of your life, friends. I can go on and on and tell you about how, listen, you are a steward of the life God has given you. You are a steward of a life that God has given you. Don't handle it anyhow. You're not the owner of your life. God made you a steward of your life. How are you taking responsibility for the practical things as a steward? That's being practical with your life. Cut your hair when it is due. Not when people start complaining. You know, cut it. Buy deodorant. Hmm? Buy it and use it. Use it. Don't minimize your usage. Use it. You know. Listen, there's problem in the world. Many problems that nations are dealing with. Don't add to people's tension. Being around you. It's not fair. Own a deodorant. I'll keep saying that. Some people to just hear. Just own it. Use it. Don't, don't do things, you know, merely to, um, you know, you're trying not to look dirty. 
Be clean. Do you understand? Uh, is it showing? Be clean. Even I've been wearing that jeans for the last three years. It's not showing. It's not about is it showing. You are still what? Change your boxers when they are worn. Not when they are worn out. Be responsible. Hands up. Who is going to do it for you? You are sitting there. I've, been, I've, I've actually been wanting to. My deodorant finished two weeks ago. I've been wanting to buy. My friend, go and buy. Jesus' name. Buy. Yeah, I'm broke. But you have eaten for two days. Fast for those days. And go and buy. Buy. I'm trying to help your life. I'll keep saying it. He who needs to hear. He who has an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Be responsible for the seasons of your life. Yeah, I'm just single. Nobody's, you know, everything is just, everything is just. Stop doing he goats. Just smell, smell, smell. They chase you. <laughs> Come smell. What are you doing? What are you exactly doing? Are you coming then? Come and attack. Are you not coming then? Stay away. It's called private space. It's possible. I say I'm just. You have become judge of cooking competition. Universal. This babe, this babe, they cook more than that babe. I manipulator. I just go around and I, I feel say, but this one's a big cook vegetable. But I don't. What's wrong with you? You put ring on somebody and you came, you did ceremony, you said, oh, that. Here we here. put ring. The ring has been there for, you know, forever. Bro, that ring has become killed. Responsible. responsible for your growth, for your spirituality. You are doing guy all over the place. You don't know how to pray. You say, I'm not the praying type. <laughs> Bro, one of my mentors used to tell me, it is better to know how to pray than to have a university degree. I will say that with all my heart. I have university degree. Good one. Very good one. It's narrow that I escape first class. I will keep saying this thing. I calculated my CGPA, my OAU CGPA in UISK. I first class in UI. First two one. That's why you go for job interview. They will tell you all first class come here. Two one where you join them. <laughs> but listen, it is better to know how to pray than to have first class. Your certificate can do things. So I'm not undermining it. Oh, get it. Oh, don't say they say first class doesn't matter. Get it. People just hear what they want to hear. Get it. But. Don't make light of some things in your life. You will meet situations in your life. It's not, uh, I have Hans degree. Hans does not answer it. You will meet situations in your life. It's not how much money you have. It's not how much money you have. Everything fell down. It's not how much money you have. You will meet situations in your life. If you don't know how to pray, bro, you will be pray. That's all. You say, I'm not the praying type. What are you doing to change it? Sikamo.church slash resource. Download 15 minute prayer guide. Use it tomorrow. Use it today. You have prayed 15 minutes already. Super Saturday, 7 to 10 a.m. Come. Just come. Just be there. You're already praying. You sit down. You say, I'm not the praying type, man. I'm not the praying type, man. You have been saying that for one year. Who is going to make you the praying type? It's these are people come with the gift of, yeah, this guy, he didn't get gift of prayer. It's a lie. 
All that happens is that some people pray, some people don't pray. That's all. How many times do I start my prayer with God? I don't feel like praying, but I show up. <laughs> show up. Be a man, oh. You think being a man is just there. Uh, so you're going to the gym every No pain, no gain. I wish you put that effort into building your spirit. For the last two years, you've been going over the place doing guy, guy, guy. At some point, eh? How about the chest? If that chest is empty, ha. Huh? It's okay, I have chest, though. Me too, I want to have. <laughs> but if that chest is empty, if that chest is not a man that can lift his hands and call heaven, if that chest is not a man that can stand over his home and say, in the name of Jesus, Satan, take your hands off. What do you mean? And I don't repeat myself, Satan. I said, out. I don't repeat myself, Satan. I said, out. You're now calling everybody, pastor, pastor, where are you, pastor, where are you? Where are you now, 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 it's urgent. Where's urgent? I'm pray. I'm pray. I'm pray. If I tell you today that in the next one week, everybody here in the next, oh yeah, in the next one week, I'm not promising, I'm just saying, imagine. The next one week, if you pray and read your Bible devotedly, I'll give you 10 million naira. You're not telling me you will not. All those excuses you are giving, they are useless. You will suddenly realize. The point is you have never valued it. You say, I don't have data. Oh, God. Don't have data to listen to someone. And... Hmm. But you have data for porn. Somehow, when you want to watch porn, you will find data. Stop justifying lust. Grow. Eh? Grow. See, it's the way guests are dressing. This, hey, hey, I see what this one is wearing. I agree. Oh, there's attire of a harlot. Hmm? It's not for today. I agree. But, bro, hmm? if you take Samsung remote control, you press Samsung TV, it will change channel. Abby. If you take Samsung remote control and press Sharp TV, it will not answer. If the thing move you, there is Samsung in you that the thing is controlling. You say, just see what this one is. Like, you have a problem. And you've been there for the last five years of your life. Every, every radio program, when they say, what is the cause of rape? You'll be the first to call. <laughs> All the guests dressing this, I need to stop. Let me tell you the truth, though. Let me tell you the truth. It will keep getting worse. I'm sorry. It will keep getting worse. Not my daughter, but the guests of this world. I can't control them. You think, oh, so what do you think? As you are calling radio, you are starting NGO against indecent, Okay. Do you think federal government will now say, I know they do amazing things, they can ban Twitter. Do you think they will now say, from today, all girls in Nigeria must wear... Even if they ban anything, they will still use VPN to that. <laughs> My dear, handle that thing. Take, when did you take God's word and say, listen, God's word better be able to change my mind. I've been there before. God's word better be able to change my mind. I take that word of God and I start to meditate on it. Sin shall not have dominion over me. I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. I set my mind on heavenly things. I bring into subjection every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. This mind will change you. This mind will change you. Just the way my mind is. Don't be a useless man. Sorry, don't be a useless man. Don't be a man, you now say, she'll be one day I shall marry. Listen, listen. Don't be a man that will now be married to one, but bonded in soul, like Solomon. So you are with your wife. <laughs> Just looking at the environment. 
Don't be a useless man. Hold it now. Nobody is coming to take responsibility for your life. Nobody is coming. Stop saying that. Maybe one day shall. No, there is no one day shall. You have been saying that for the last five years. I shall think uh, something way. Growth is deliberate. Stop justifying your lust. You're dealing with the struggle in your thoughts, stop justifying it. Stop giving excuses. Proverbs 26 and verse 13. The Bible says, the lazy man says, there's a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the street. A lazy man would always have an excuse. There will always be a reason why I'm not doing it. Ah, and, and all these things, Pastor honestly, all these things you are saying, I really agree. I've even written them in my jota. But my schedule is busy. Yeah. Lazy man will always have an excuse. The day he doesn't have an excuse, the Bible is wrong. Lazy man will always have an excuse. There will always be a day. Ah, it's just because. Uh, this even applies to most people. Some of you are even sitting down here now and, and, and I'm preaching here like, yes, I hope he's hearing it. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Excuse. Work hard. Ah, the economy is just bad. Ah, there are no jobs for the masses. The government of the day needs to realize that the population, in fact, I saw one new statistic, 46% of qualified gra- Okay, I agree. I agree. Uh, economy is bad, I agree. But people are blessed in this economy. Eh? I agree. That there are no jobs. Eh? You work. You say there are no jobs for the matter. You are, you, are, you, are, you are ranting every day on your status that ah, the government meant to air men, blah, blah, blah. There are no jobs. 8 a.m. on Monday, you are lying down on your bed, crossing your legs. Something's wrong with you. Stand up and go and walk. You say there's no, go and carry wheelbarrow and push. Start from there. Then one blogger will see you. Graduate. You see. <laughs> there's an attitude of somebody that wants to walk. Are you hearing me? It's an attitude. You said nobody has called me. I've submitted CV. CV that you went to cyber cafe. You said, I want CV. This is my name. They now have you. My objective is to work in an organization that has value. You submitted that kind of CV. You are joking. You're joking. Work. Be responsible. So you can't, you, with, forget education. With the head and brain that you have, that you have been using to do guy. You cannot look around this community. Look, 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 and see something to do. You have not been thinking. I'm not a businessman, no. I'm not. But one of my guys would say, I cannot be hungry. If it's for this, that, that, that. This is not business. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Do you still believe that God blesses the work of our hands? There's no scripture where the Bible says that when you ask for a job, you will get a job. I, I've not seen that scripture. But I believe that God blesses the work of your hands. That whatever you put in your hands, God can change the value of it. Put a blessing of heaven on it. Some of you are busy looking for it. Maybe, maybe those doors are even closed because you are supposed to be the one giving people jobs. Maybe that's why you don't even see and know. In the way you read, uh, you see that a man diligent in his work, he will stand before kings. In the name of Jesus, as I'm diligent, he will stand before kings. Sometimes I even just think, I say, God, give me the discernment to even be seeing the diligent people. <laughs> when you get home, you understand. <laughs> you wake up, you go to work. Today I'm anointed. You can change values. Oh, Egypt, Egypt is uh, under the curse of God. It's a bad land. Inside Egypt, there's Goshen. Eh? There is Goshen. When did you stand up and say, God, this is the work of my hands. This is what I'm able to do right now. And God, in the name of Jesus, the purpose of God prospers in my hand. In the name of Jesus, I'm anointed to excel what I've put in my hands to do. 
But you're just busy dragging your feet around there and everything. I wish some people were loud about their faith as they are about what is wrong. You know, you're just the, what are you known for? Yeah, complain. Yeah, the lazy man will always ask. I'm not justifying anything wrong. Go, yes, the system should change. Yeah? Go and get voters card. Yeah, yes, I agree. I agree. But why the system is the system? We are children of God. We're not ordinary. Paul wrote to the Corinthians. He said, I see the way people are doing. He said, You are behaving like mere men. Ah, uh, Paul, what do you say? You said they're behaving. What are they? No, they are not mere men. They are not. Too. They are not. They are not ordinary men. Too. They are not. Too. They're children of God. Uh, we carry something. We are wearing t shirts. We are anointed. <laughs> anointed. <laughs> ah. <laughs> anyway, um, so. Ah, let me close. Uh, is this helping anybody? Has it helped anybody? Yes, I just want to talk to you today. Huh? Just, <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, man up. You know, be a man. Be a man, eh? Shokurin, hands up. Hmm? Every time you think about being a man, think about your hands up. Think about your hands up. I believe that God invites us to a hands up life. It's authority that is over my life. It is integrity and honesty with which I live. It is... Um, give it to me vulnerability and accountability it is responsibility um, and I could go on and on but this is where I'll close this morning Tim if you would come and sing whatever you want to sing um, but this is where I'll close this morning because I believe that we live in a culture one of the things that our culture will teach and there's probably even a proverb about this that it is the child that reaches up that would be carried, something like that, you know. So it's this thing of, you know, reach up your hands as a child and the elder will, will carry you. But as I think about this today, and this is what I really want to speak to the men of our house this morning. As I think about this, quite honestly, I feel like I even see the reverse. Um, and if you don't get anything I've said today, if all you hear this morning is maybe the next one thing to do and all the pressure, please hear me through this morning. Please hear me through because this would really help you. Um, maybe all you see is the weight and the pressure of lifting up my hands and you feel like that child who if only I can lift up my hands ah, look at what it takes to live in integrity look at what it takes look at how hard it is and you're feeling if only I can lift up my hands then I'll be carried but I feel like as Christians we have the privilege of seeing the reverse at work that you recognize that it was in that moment on the cross that our Savior stretched out his hands wide and I believe it's because of the stretching out of his hands that I can lift up my hands. I believe the reason why I can stand up to say there is an authority is because that authority has already reached down lovingly. The reason why I can stand up to say, you know what, I'm going to live with integrity is because there's a savior who has already given the grace. I don't have it in myself. I don't have it in myself to be responsible. I'm saying things here and you might hear a lot and it's like, yes, I should. But you also know that many times you feel tired trying. You also know that many times you get to the end of yourself. But what I want to remind us today is that it's not in the lifting up of our hands that God reaches out. It is a God who reached out so that we can lift up our hands. It is a God who loves us so that we can love him it is a god who paid the price so that we can start the journey it is a god who said that look i've already given up the grace i've already done this i have stretched out my hands and i pray today that whatever lifting up your hands looks like for you whatever it's going to look like for you this week this month the responsibility on your shoulders that you're standing up to whatever lifting up your hands is going to look like for you do you know what i pray for you is that you're going to lift up your hands in a revelation of a god who has stretched out his hands you're going
going to lift up your hands in a revelation of a God who has once and for all stretched out his hands. He is for you. He is gracious to you. He is good to you. He is loving you. He is faithful to you. He is standing for you. He is speaking for you. His word is already faithful. His love endures forever. He is already reaching out to you on that cross and I pray today that we will not be a sly. You won't be like that child that, that the elder is reaching out to and then you turn away and say I won't lift up my hands. I pray today that I'm going to be that kind of child that sees the reaching out of those hands and I would respond with all my heart. God, if you are working me, then I would work out my salvation. God, if you are already doing something in my life, then I would see it through God. I would wake up every day and I would take on the battle and take on the challenge of what it means to be that man. Of God's hand is upon me. Of I'm not going to waste this life. I am going to be a good steward of this life because his hands already stretched out to me i pray that would be a revelation you would walk out of church with this morning of a savior whose hands are stretched out a savior whose hands are stretched out so that you can stretch up your hand so that you can wake up on monday morning and say the blessing and the anointing of god is already upon me therefore i would stand up to work i would stand up to work i would work my ground not because of any hope in the ground but because i have a hope in god i will build this life because god is already building it in jesus name who says amen this morning come on let's receive strength this morning come on let's receive grace this morning come on guys would you sing that let's worship Sometimes the guy is just being a something. You don't have to be a Delilah. You can be a strength giver. You can be speaking hope and speaking life. And this morning, can we just begin to speak upon the men of this house and say, in the name of Jesus, we speak strength for you. In the name of Jesus, we speak a touch of heaven. A touch that will give you courage, that will give you boldness to be the man that God calls you to be. 
in the name of Jesus we speak courage we speak hope can everybody online begin to pray this morning can we begin to pray for each other this morning and say in the name of Jesus we speak strength in this season of your life we speak a wisdom that only God can give we speak integrity integrity to your soul this morning integrity in the name of Jesus we speak in the name of Jesus that you'll be raised up by the power of God we declare that you make wise decisions wise decisions you'll be a standout once in a generation light of the world kind of man in the name of Jesus you are not a weak man you are not a weak man the purpose of God prospers in your hands the grace to lead to be a face for your life we speak it upon you this morning in the name of Jesus the grace to stand strong in the realities of what you're walking through we speak it upon you this morning in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus God I pray breathe upon the men of this house breathe upon the men of this house oh God put your breath beneath their wings God let them soar let them run Lord with the wind of heaven God let them work their grounds with the strength that God gives let them prosper in the purpose of God over their lives in the name of Jesus we speak a going forward we speak a moving upward in the name of Jesus we speak you are taking grounds you are taking territories in the name of Jesus for all your tears we declare today that you are strengthened in the Lord your God for all your shame we declare double honor this morning double honor this morning new grounds new vision over your lives new vision within your heart I speak it for you today in the name of Jesus you are a responsible man you are a strong man you are a strong man I speak it by the blessing today in the name of Jesus today I speak grace upon your lives man I speak grace upon your lives people whoa whoa I feel it in my soul this morning oh God thank you stir men's hearts God stir people's hearts thank you God Jesus name Hey, let's stay standing. I want to make an invitation. Somebody came to church. I don't want to just get lost in the crowd. We always want to give out a moment for somebody to say yes to Jesus. I don't know who you are or how you came to church this morning. But my question is whether you can boldly say, I'm in a right place with God. There's only one way you can be made right with God. It's through Jesus. We believe that he died a death that he never deserved so that you can have a life that you don't deserve. It's not about coming to church. It's not about playing God games. It's not about being in the crowd. It's not about people praying for you. It's about you consciously making a decision to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. To ask him to forgive you of your sins and to give you that whole new life that he promises. Maybe you say to me, you know what, at some point in my life I've made that choice, but as we speak today, I know that I've walked away. I'm far away. I'm just living my life. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. That's where it starts from. I need Jesus. I'm going to ask today that everybody just bow their heads and close their eyes. Let's give a friend an honest moment this morning. If you say, you know what, you're speaking to me, Tolu, I want to make that decision. I want to be made right with God. I want today to be the beginning of the rest of my life. It doesn't matter who you are, how you came about being in church today. I need this to be a new beginning for me. I'm going to count of three. And on the count of three, I want you to put your hand on your chest wherever you are so that I can pray for you. I want this to be a miracle happening in your life. Are you ready? One, two, three. Put your hand on your chest wherever you are. God bless you. God sees it. God bless you. See people in the room. If you're online also, wherever you are, just do that. God bless you. It's a miracle. You had to be in church this morning. You had to be in church this morning. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this miracle. Thank you. Thank you. 
I, I, I honor and celebrate your sincerity. Everybody making that choice. Wherever you are, whether you're in this building or you're online, just do it. Let's all say a prayer together. If your hand is in your chest, you know what? God sees you. He knows you. He knows you and he sees you. And he hears your voice. But this is a family, not a crowd. We want all joining with you. So can we all say together, everybody, Heavenly Father. I come to you today because you've made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son Jesus. So I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he's the savior of the world. Say today, I confess Jesus as my savior and my Lord. Say please forgive me of the past and give me a whole new start. Say, fill me with your spirit. Change me on the inside. And I'll change on the outside. It's a new beginning for me. I'm a child of God. One day, I'll be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Who loves a miracle? Congratulations. Congratulations. Hey, everybody who prayed that prayer, congratulations, congratulations, big congratulations. Whether you're in this building or you are online anywhere, big congratulations. You know what? We want to give you a gift. It's a fresh life devotional. It's just something to get you started in your journey with Jesus. So on your way out of the building this morning, some of our team, they'll just be waving it at the exits of this building. All you need to do is to tell somebody, I need a copy of that. I pray that prayer. They'll give it to you. It's free of charge. They'll love to know how they can pray for you and encourage you. Um, um, and everybody online also, there's information about how you can let us know that you prayed that prayer we'd love to send you resources and get you established well, one more time can we thank god and celebrate that miracle that just happened we are so honored to have been able to share this teaching message with you from sikamo church ibado nigeria we really hope you found it to be a blessing to find out more about us or how you can receive more resources from our church or our pastor, Tolulokpe Mudi, please visit our website, www.sikamore.church. That's S-Y-C-A-M-O-R-E.church. We're on Facebook and YouTube at Sikamore Church and on Instagram and Twitter at Sikamore underscore church. If you're ever anywhere around us, we'll be super honored to welcome you at one of our services.